If you have a Bible, turn to John chapter 3. We are starting the Who's Your One series today, and there is a, a focus that we're going to have over the next seven weeks that's going to take us into the next, hopefully, seven years, 70 years, whatever it may be. Um, but we are, are going to focus on focusing on one person. That's going to be our focus. I, I, and it's, this, is, this is not the whole church is picking one person to focus on. No. Each individual in here is going to be faithful to God and pick one person in their life that they want to see come to the Lord. Remember the, the stipulations, though. This is not someone who used to go to church. or No, no, no. This is someone who does not have a relationship at all with God. And we are going to pray and serve and help that individual do all that we can to provide the opportunity for them to come to know Christ. So that, this is the whole point of this who's your one. Because, like we talked about in our uh, um, call to worship, and we read the Great Commission, we are commanded by God to make disciples. Now that is something that people are like, I just, I can't do that, I don't know how to do that. That's, those are, are the obstacles and the walls in which we are going to break down. Because I, I, I know for a fact that um, if God tells us to do something, He equips us to do that. He gives us the strength, the power, the ability, the opportunities, and everything to do that. Here at, at LifePoint Church, we have a, a mission statement that, that encapsulates uh, what it is that we want to do because of the Great Commission. We want to make disciples that make disciples, all right? We're going, we want to glorify God by making disciples. Because at the end of the day, if you are, are a believer in Christ, you, you, your, your whole purpose is to glorify Him, to display His glory. And the Bible is very clear that the way in which we can display His glory the most is by uh, making disciples that imitate Him more and more. So we have adopted over the years, and this is nothing new, that we do have a, a, a mission statement that is glorifying God by making disciples. But we also have a vision for our church. Our, our, our vision for our church is what, what it, it, when, when we are uh, um, moving forward and we're looking at, okay, we want to glorify God. We want to make these disciples that make disciples. When we are, 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 are pushing towards that, we also are, are looking out at what we want our church to be. And that's a, a, a statement that, um, you, and, and I'm probably telling, not telling you anything that you don't know. This online people, um, if you don't know this, this is maybe new, new news for you. But our vision here is to be a church where, where real people, real people can find and, ex and experience real life. When I say real people, what, what, when I uh, think of real people, I'm not just saying people who can talk and can breathe. Um, not like those uh, paper cutout people that are going to be in the stands this afternoon, right? Did you guys see that? Like you could pay money to have your picture taken and put on a piece of cardboard, and they're going to put you in a seat in Tampa Bay. But your butt's still going to be in freezing cold Ohio, right? Not, so when I say real people, I'm not just saying flesh and blood people. I'm saying people who have real life experience and real life issues. Uh, and and w we are real people. We want more people like us. Imagine that. <laughs> more people like us? We can't handle it. Yes, we want more people like us because we want to be a church where these real people, where we can find and experience real life, that real life that, that Jesus came and died so that we can have. Not only here, but in eternity as well. 
So what we don't want is we don't want to p- uh, promote false realities. We don't want to uh, have the, 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 the uh, fake it till you make it type crowd. We want people to realize the truth of life. The truth, I should say, to life through Jesus. Now, with all of that, with having a mission and having a vision, what we have to understand, whoa, that was close. I almost got it. That would have been on the blooper reel. My, my daughters are, 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 are watching, and every time I do something stupid, they're writing the time down, and then they're making up a blooper reel. So there you go, girls. But what we have to understand is having a mission and having a vision, what that entails or what, that is, what is needed for the mission and the vision are people. Could you just think about it? We can write down any mission, any vision, any idea, but if we don't have people to execute that, all it is is just words on paper. Would you agree? Yeah. I think that we all, it's, it's, I, love, I love planning. I love strategizing and everything like that. And when I get it all nice and neat, what I don't want to do is that I don't want to add people to it because people mess it up. Church would be awesome if it weren't for the people. I'm just saying what you're thinking. No, I, what's that? I would, exactly. I'm people. I'm a people. No, but what, what I am saying here, just, just simmer down. What I'm saying here is people, like you haven't messed anything up, right? We, any of us. No, no. <laughs> what we have to understand is we have a tendency to mess things up, but that's okay. Jake and I were just talking uh, yesterday that we have been praying, and the elders uh, um, can attest to this as well, um, we've been praying that, that, that we, uh, have, we get more people, but we're praying that we can have uh, more people, that, that we have a mess, but then we're praying that we can manage the mess. Now, now, we're not praying to God, okay, bring a whole bunch of mess here. No, no, no. What we're praying is for more people, and we know that with more people, messes come. So uh, when you're looking at who's your one, and you're like, well, this person's way far away. Well, don't underestimate the power of God to transform lives. And I want to stress that because when we're looking at people, or we're looking at our our, our mission, yeah, our mission and our vision, we have to understand that we need people to execute that. And I, I know, and you guys, maybe I, I offended you, and that, that was not my intent, but it happens sometimes. It's, it's what my wife says. But my wife will even say that, you know, people stink really bad sometimes. They, 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 they can. But having people in your life that fill you up and encourage you is the, the, the greatest blessing, which you can also experience as well. So, yeah, people stink, but, you know, people are great, on the other hand, as well. Sometimes it's those people who stink the worst. They make you feel the worst, but they also make you feel the best, right? Anybody have one of those in their their life? Yeah? Okay. With people, with with, with all of this, I'm getting to a point here, I I promise. Put your hand down. What? With, with having uh, this, um, th- this mission and this vision, uh, what we also have is we have a strategy. And the strategy is nothing new to y'all. It's build a bridge that can bear the weight of truth. Build a bridge that can bear the weight of truth. And, and understanding that the, the, the strategy in which we have is to support the, 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 the mission and the vision. This is what really the, the who's your one is all about. We want you, because I've talked in the past about we, we build bridges one piece at a time. 
What I want you to, to focus on is building bridges for uh, God and his kingdom one person at a time. And how you build that bridge is, is very important. And we're going to look at a, at a story today that um, is given to us in John chapter 3 about a, uh, a conversation, about an interaction that Jesus has with a single individual and how that interaction that Jesus has with that single individual, we can learn a few things when we're talking about building our own bridges with that one in our life. And this, that's basically what we're going to do uh, throughout this whole series, is just pick stories of Jesus interacting and engaging with an individual, and then drawing from those, those stories lessons in which we can apply to our own situations when we are trying to reach our, our one. So if you're there in John chapter 3, let me read. Uh, I'm just going to start in, in verse 1. Now there was a man of the, of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can, can do these things that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said to him, Well, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he, can, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sounds, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. And Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in Him may have eternal life. Now when we read this passage, what I want us to focus on is this fact that, 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 that when, we, when we read into this, I, I want us to see really the, just the encounter in which Jesus has. I want us to, to focus in on, just imagine the, the, the setting, imagine what's going on, uh, imagine that, 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 that um, Jesus is wherever he is with his disciples, and they're, they're chilling out, and they're hanging out. She, she's okay, babies are all right. She, she's, chill, she's chilling, yeah. Jesus is chilling out, because Jesus said, Let, bring the children to me, right? Because theirs is the kingdom of God. All right, but uh, Jesus is is just kind of kicking it with with his boys and, and everything. And then they hear this knock on the door, and this knock on the door. Man, it's like you know, it's like twelve o'clock at night or whatever. It doesn't say exactly what time. It's like it says at night. So they hear this knock on the door, and they're like, whoa, 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 "What's going on?" And here it is, Nicodemus. 
Nicodemus is a, a Pharisee, uh, and not only is he a Pharisee, it says he's the, the, the teacher of the Jews, uh, or the, the teacher of Israel. We know also, just, just by what the Bible tells us, that Nicodemus was part of the Sanhedrin. He was part of the, um, the, the ruling council. He wasn't just some pastor at a little church down the road. This, this was a, a, a religious leader in, in Israel. This was a man that has a high stature when it comes to uh, the functions of um, life because life in, in, in the, the nation of Israel was uh, um, guided by and founded upon God's law. So this was a teacher of the law, and he comes to Jesus, and it says he comes to Jesus in the night. Now, when it says he comes to Jesus in the night, a lot of people say, well, the reason he came to Jesus in the night is because he didn't want anybody else to see him. Okay, maybe so. Totally legit. But I think there's a dual meaning here. Because if you read throughout the book of John, uh, John uses night and darkness. He uses those words to uh, communicate spiritual blindness. So, so think about this, and I, I want to start building the, 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 this picture here for you. Um, Nicodemus is coming, and when he's coming, he's yes, he's coming in the night, it's dark, but he's also coming because he's in the dark. He's spiritually blind to what's going on. He has seen and heard uh, the teachings of Jesus and the miracles that Jesus has done, and he's like, man, I want to go see more. Now, if, if you're sitting here and you're thinking about, well, what does this have to do with me going to, you know, reach my one? Well, I think that this story tells us, what if your one comes to you? I, I know that you have people in your life that know that you are a believer in Christ, that know that, 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 that you come here every Sunday, or you tune in every Sunday, and you're like, that you find your truth here. And they're going to say, you know what, I, I'm, I'm in a, a situation, I have this problem, whatever, and they're going to come to you. Maybe that's your one. Maybe that's what you have to pray for is the God to bring that one to you. I, I sh shouldn't say that because some of you are like, oh, that's it. Whew. I was thinking I was going to have to go find one. No, no, you might. But what if your one came to you? What if your one was that one that, that, that knocked on the door and said, hey, I need to talk to you. I want to talk to you about Jesus. What, what should you do? The first thing you shouldn't do is freak out. Not saying that anybody in here would do it. But I've seen the deer in the headlight looks when, when I'm teaching a class or something, and I, and I say things like, you know what? Who is the focus of, of uh, the passage in John 3.16? And I see this. <laughs> like, you know what to say, but you're like, you can't get the words out. Sometimes we freak out in, in these situations. What I want us to not do is to freak out. And that, the, when we look at this, we, we can see five things that Jesus teaches us in, this, in uh, this passage of Scripture. I have a bonus section, but I don't think we're going to get to the bonus section today. That would be 16 through 21. But we'll stick with the five things um, that Jesus uh, teaches us so we don't have to freak out. Because what we need to really do is prepare ahead of time so that if we hear that knock, knock, knock. Hey, I got, a, I got a question. I got a problem. There's something I need to, to, to talk to you about. You're prepared for that. As we look at this, uh, this text and we, as we read it, um, I've got one big main idea, one big idea, and then five uh, uh, points for you, and then we are going to um, load up in the vans and go out and knock on every door in Atwater. <laughs> Joke. We don't have vans. 
Uh, so we're gonna, you have to use your car. Um, but this one, this one big idea is that your one may be a Nicodemus. Your one may be a Nicodemus. What do I mean? Your one may be someone who, that you've been praying for, and then one day they come and knock on your door. And if that happens, this, what do we need to do? Well, here's five things I believe that we can see from this text. When, when Nicodemus comes to Jesus, the first thing that Jesus does is he welcomes him in. No, notice that, that, that Jesus didn't say, hey, we're busy. We're in the, in the middle of a Bible lesson over here. We're in the middle of, have you ever, this is a funny story, and this is a true story um, about, about kids. Uh, have you ever, and this is something that Scott and I, Pastor Scott and I, talk about uh, quite often, that sometimes we can get drawn in and sucked into uh, situations that we're just big hypocrites. Uh, have you ever been, and I was, there in a situation where I'm reading through the Bible, and I'm actually, you know, we're, we're, we're reading through and, and um, you know, reading about Jesus and, and how we're to love and all this other stuff, or and, and we're reading about the, the children that are coming to Jesus and the disciples are saying, get them away, and Jesus is saying, no, 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 bring the children here. Sitting, doing something like that, and then Gabe comes in. Well, I'm reading the Bible, reading about Jesus and, you know, his... The, the, his bringing the, the children and putting them on his knee, and, and Gabe comes in and, and, and he says, Dad, I'm like, leave me alone. I'm reading about Jesus and children and how Jesus welcomes children. So get away. No, that's not, I know, hypocrite, right? Pray for me. Pray for me. No, but uh, that's not what Jesus did. Jesus did not say, go away. He didn't turn Nicodemus away, he actually engaged in a dialogue with Nicodemus, knowing who he was. And that's another thing that I think is a side note, but that you can really um, grab onto. Sometimes your Nicodemus may be the most religious, quote-unquote, person in your life. They know a whole lot about the Bible. They know a whole lot about God, but they don't have a relationship with them. That was Nicodemus. He knew all about the Bible. He knew about the Messiah coming, but he did not have a relationship. He was all about religion. But what we see, number one here, is that, that Jesus welcomed him in. And when he welcomed him in, he didn't just welcome him in. The second thing, he engaged with him. Some people are socially awkward. <laughs> right. And, and, and I know there's, there's a lot of you out here, even if you don't want to admit it. But the, the, some people are socially awkward, and when you go into a situation, or even you invite someone over to your house and you welcome them in, you kind of sit there and you like just don't. I don't know what to say. No, no. Well, we have to. If you are one of those people, you need to start right now and, and start having conversations with yourself. Good conversation. I know you all have conversations with yourself, but like, okay, in this situation, what, what am I going to talk about? Have talking points. I, well, when I was in uh, doing my, my undergrad and everything, one of my speech classes or something had, um, they used the, the, the term fire. And so when you, when you go and you don't know what to say, just think fire. Not light them on fire, but f family or friends, that's the F, interests, relationships, and experiences. If you just think, go through the, it, you're bound to, to have a conversation with someone about one of those things. 
But what we have here is that Jesus, when he welcomed him in, he engaged with him in a dialogue. And I love the, the, this because um, he didn't just, all right, come in and turn his back. No, he acknowledged that he was there. Jesus acknowledged that, that, that Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, knowing that, that Nicodemus was part of the crowd that wanted him dead. What did Jesus say? Come on in. Come on in. Hey, you can sit right here beside me. How are you doing today? You know, and I'm sure there was some other dialogue that was going on there. But Jesus was intentional. And that's what I think what we have to understand is when we're engaging with someone, we have to be intentional. The gospel, the, the truth about who Jesus is and the good news of God's redemptive plan for sinful humanity isn't just an oops, it's spilled on someone. We have to be intentional about that. We have to be intentional. We have to engage with them. Let, let's go on to number three here. Number three is not only welcome them in and engage with them, know what they are asking. What, what do I mean? Well, Jesus uh, knows exactly what, what, um, what Nicodemus is asking. Because when, when Nicodemus comes in, he says, Rabbi, which is huge. We won't even go into that. But, but um, by Nicodemus referring to Jesus as Rabbi, he was identifying who Jesus was. But he says, Rabbi... We know that you're a teacher that come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. What you have to understand is during this time, um, the, 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 the uh, religious society, the, 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 the Jews, how they uh, worship God, they would go to the temple because that's where the presence of God resided. All right? Now, when, when, when Nicodemus is coming and he's saying, we know that the, 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 the things in which you're doing are, you're from God because God's with you. So what, what Nicodemus is saying is like, God's not in the temple that's up on you know, Mount Moriah. He's like, he, he's saying like, God must be in, in you, with you. He's the, 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 the source of everything in which you're doing. And when he says that, Jesus knew what he was asking without him even asking it. That's what we get in verse 3 when Jesus answered him. When Jesus engaged it with him, he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So what, 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 what Jesus does is he, he, he hears words that are coming. And, and, I, and I, I love this. This is one of the arts in which I, I love to, to uh, um, hone my skill in. I love... Uh, um, Listening and hearing what people are really asking, but they're not asking it. Did anybody have anybody in that, like that in your life? Like they kind of hem all, and they're like, and, and, and it's like you got to kind of filter through all of the words and everything. Well, this is what Jesus, he, Jesus knew exactly what he was asking. He was asking, Nicodemus was asking like, all right, God is with you. How, how, do, how do I get that? Well, what do we do to, to, to have that? And Jesus says, you got to be born again. If you want to see the kingdom of God, if you want to experience the kingdom of God, you must be born again. I know that that's a term that, that through the, the 80s and early 90s and everything that got drugged through the mud by crazy preachers and everything. But that is a term that comes straight from the Bible. It means born from above. It's regeneration. 
When we talk about this, this born again, we talk about this regeneration. It's the transformation of a person's spiritual condition from death to life. All through the work of the Holy Spirit. That's what Jesus is saying here. He's saying if you want to see the kingdom of God, if you want to have God with you, you must be born again. You must be transferred from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of the Son. All by the power of the Holy Spirit. By surrendering your life. Now, I'm giving you guys all ammunition here, so when you have conversations, you can remember these things. Because at the end of the day, no one in here, no one, including the bald guy, no one in here is going to save anyone. It's only through the work of the Holy Spirit that people are going to be regenerated. They're going to have a new life. They're going to go from death to life. And that's what Jesus is saying. If you want to see the kingdom of God, you have to have that regeneration. You have to have that born again moment. You have to be able to submit to Jesus, not only as Savior, but as Lord because he uses the, the, the king or the kingdom wordage here, the terms here, the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is where the rule and the reign of God is sovereign over all. He's saying if you want to see that, your heart has to change. You don't have to know a whole bunch of stuff. And this is where, where it brings us comfort. We don't have to know a whole bunch of stuff because Nicodemus knew a whole bunch of stuff. But knowing a whole bunch of stuff doesn't give us that relationship. Submitting to Jesus, submitting to God as Lord and Savior of your life, that's what regenerates the heart. As we see here that, that Jesus welcomed him in, he engaged with him. Uh, Jesus knew what he was asking. How did Jesus respond to the question which he was asking? He told him the truth. Oh, I don't know what to say. I get, you know, I, I get up to the point where they're like, yeah, they're asking questions, and and then they ask, you know, like, what, what do you really believe about God? And I just don't know what to say. Tell them the truth. Tell them the truth. Now, I'm not saying you take the truth like a big battle axe or something, and just start hacking away at their life. Yeah, you're you're a sinner, and you've done this, and you've done this, and you've done this. When you start doing that, all you're going to do is they're going to go, exactly. They're going to go, I'm not listening to you. Because they're going to start looking at your life. Oh, you're a hypocrite because you do this and this and this and this. No, no, no. All you need to do, all we need to do is just, just tell them the truth. I'm not saying get up on the soapbox, start preaching to them. Tell them the truth. Look at it. Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again he, or born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. He says, there has to be this moment. If you want to come in, you're more than welcome to come in. Christianity is not exclusive, like we exclude everyone. No, it's inclusive. Everyone's welcome, but there's something first that has to happen. You have to be transferred from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of the sun. And when that happens, that's where life is. And Jesus is telling Nicodemus here. He's telling him the truth. He's not sugarcoating it. Anybody know anybody that, that, that tries to sugarcoat things? Well, I don't want to be that harsh to them. 
Don't sugarcoat the truth. It doesn't matter what it is. I'm saying especially about who Jesus is, what the Bible says. But don't sugarcoat it. Now, I'm not saying, again, as a battle axe, but don't sugarcoat the truth. Because when you sugarcoat the truth, what people will do is they just want the sweet stuff. They don't want the stuff in the middle. When you sugarcoat the truth, we're being, we're, we're, we're damaging uh, the, our witness. When we sugarcoat the, the, the truth, we're, what we're saying is like, yeah, they really need it, but I just, I want to put it in. No, no. What we need to do, like the Bible tells us, is truth in love, right? Tell the truth in love. Well, how can I tell the truth in love? I think that that goes back to um, the, the knowing them and engaging them and, and, and welcoming them in. To tell the truth in love, you've got to know the individual, right? I know that I can talk to Dan a certain way, different than I could talk to Danny a, a different way, different than I could talk to uh, um, D. I'm, I'm sticking with D's here, right? I can, I can talk. I know I, I have a relationship with them, so I know how I can communicate the truth in love with each individual. And I think that that's important when we're talking about our one. And this is where, where, man, I almost did it again. Where, where uh, we need to put a little rail up here, right? No. This is where we need, to, we need to focus on just one and building a relationship with that one. Remember, build a bridge, you can bear the weight of truth. It's all about the truth. And when Nicodemus came to Jesus, Jesus not only welcomed him in, engaged with him, and knew what he was asking, he told him the truth. Now, the last thing. Number five, when, when, when Nicodemus comes, when your Nicodemus comes, when Nicodemus came here to Jesus, what Jesus did is he listened to his response. So number five here, a lesson in which we can have for when our Nicodemus comes, listen to their response. What do you mean listen to their response? When you tell them the truth, Listen to how they respond to it, knowing, this is an important part, knowing that if you tell the truth and they respond, they're responding to the truth, they're not responding to you. You're just the messenger. But we have to listen to that response because in that response is going to determine the next action in which we are going to take. Some people in your life, you're going to be able to tell them, hey, this is what the Bible says, you know, I, I want you to be in heaven with me. You can use that line. I want you to be there. And this is the way the Bible says the way in which you are going to be there. If you have that relationship, you, some people you could just do that. And they're like, oh my goodness, yes, I, I want, I, I'm repenting right now. I want Jesus. Some people, others were going to respond, I don't need that stuff. <laughs> you know, that's for kids and, and old ladies. I, I've heard that before. Anybody ever hear that? That's what the church is for? Kids and old ladies. All you middle-aged men, need to, you don't know why you're here. Um, no, but we need to listen to the response. And when, when, when we listen to the response, we can see like what Jesus, what Jesus did. Because Nicodemus is like, wait a second. How, how can this be? His mind is going, woo, 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 like exploding because he, he knows all about the Messiah coming. He knows all about, what, 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 all about the Bible and, and now Jesus is saying, I've got to be born again in the Spirit. And uh, well, how can this be? 
How can this be? It's so different. And that's the key, is it's not different for Nicodemus. This is the fulfillment of it. But Nicodemus, his brain is like hurting, and it's, it's, it's that little emoji that's mind-blowing. You can't hold anything in. Maybe that's going to be the response that your one will have. If that's a response, give them some time. But if they ask a question to follow up, answer them how? With the truth, right? Elaborate a little bit more on the truth. That's what Jesus did. He, he, he elaborates here. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, we speak what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can I tell you, or how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? And then he, he's elaborating even more. He says, okay, wait a second. No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. He's talking about being born again. Is, is that he would know, Nicodemus would understand the, the, the wording there, born from above. That means somebody has, there's got to be a dissension here. And Jesus, yes, the Son of Man descended. That's me. And I love how he finishes this out. He says, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. So what, what Jesus does is in response to uh, Nicodemus's response, he gives him, hey, remember Nicodemus? Remember the, 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 the story that you've been told your whole life, that you, you, you've grown up with, and it's a story of, of, of redemption. The story of, Mo, of Moses with the, with the bronze serpent. Remember when, when, when you, you, your, your um, ancestors uh, were, were, were bitten by these fiery serpents and they would die? They were dying, and they cried out to the Lord, and then and the Lord told Moses, all right, Take a bronze serpent, make a bronze serpent, put it on a stick. And the people knew that when they, when they saw the serpents or if they were bitten, they could look to this, this point, this, this figure here, and, and know that salvation is coming from the Lord in that situation. Just like when Jesus is reminding him of this, he says, and Moses lifted up, or and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whoever believes in Him may have eternal life. Jesus knows what's going on in Nicodemus' head. Jesus wants Nicodemus to be in heaven with Him. Jesus wants Nicodemus to have this eternal life. Jesus wants Nicodemus' question to be answered. How do, I, how do I get there? You believe in the Son of Man. You believe in the one who came from heaven. And Jesus is saying, that's me. That's me. Eternal life only comes from me. It comes from believing in me. When you go out there, when, you're, when you are, are, are looking at your little, your little card here, and, and you're looking at your one, and you're praying for your one, understand that the only way in which they are going to get to heaven is if they believe that Jesus is the Christ. That Jesus died on the cross. He rose again on the third day. And, and that they believe that, this, that He is their only way to get there. Trusting in what He has already done. So it's not words in which you have said, it's in the work that Christ has already done. But remembering that as we're praying for our one is key. You, your one may be Nicodemus. I pray that it is because I know 
most of everyone in here, how you like to socially interact. You're more welcoming in than going out. Let's pray for Nicodemus's. Let's pray. Our Father God in heaven, Lord, we thank you for the day in which you've given us. God, we thank you for this opportunity to come into your house. God, we thank you for this uh, clear picture in your word of, uh, of this encounter in which you had with Nicodemus. God, my prayer is that if we just, as we talked about a few things we can pull from this lesson, that we can see and we can learn. That if we get into that situation where, where we have a Nicodemus in our life, they come to us seeking the truth about the kingdom of God and how to get in, that, God, we can respond to them properly. We can tell them the truth and we can share your good news with them. God, if, we're, if there's anyone in the sound of my voice here or online or whatever that has not surrendered their life to you and has not uh, um, named you Lord of their life, does not have a relationship with you, my prayer is, Lord, that they, they surrender to you, saying that, yeah, I can't do it on my own. I can't bridge that gap between me and God. I need, some, I need that help. I need the help of Jesus and what he has done. I don't understand it all, but God, that's what, I, I want that. God, that's my prayer. If, if no one or someone doesn't have that yet, that today will be the day. God, for the rest of us, I pray that, that we can identify our one and, and that we can go out and, and um, figure out, serve, or, and love, and do whatever it is that needs to be done so we can see that one, see that one in heaven with us. So God, we thank you, we love you, and we pray this all in Jesus' beautiful name. And God's people said... Amen.